Hi guys, and welcome to a very special episode of Horror Nights In with me, your host, Crystal. So tonight's episode is so special to me because we are discussing The Shining and the fact that I'm currently in Colorado and got to visit the iconic, beautiful, and very haunted Stanley Hotel last night. I actually got to take the spirit tour with two of my best friends who are not the biggest fans of horror, but lucky for me, they loved me enough to do it. So shout out to Molly and Savannah. Thank you very much. They're currently in the other room. So since I am in a different recording spot, please forgive me for any background noises um, or anything that you might hear, but I couldn't not film my podcast in Colorado, like fresh off the tour and breathing Colorado air. Also, if you guys ever visit Colorado, bring nasal spray because it is dry as fuck out here. Um, also, Colorado is breathtaking, literally breathtaking. I couldn't breathe when we visited Red Rock. Um, so also be sure to follow me on Instagram at crystaldaw for, for all of my pictures of Colorado um, and stay up to date with all my podcast news and me. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at HorrorDaddiesRS. You can also find all my social media links above you, depending on how or where you're listening to this. I'm sure the links are around you somewhere. So let's get into this evening's podcast. Um, so obviously, as I said before, it's going to be a little bit different. Usually I do a quick synopsis of the film, then I go into a detailed description of the movie. But since The Shining is so iconic and most people know the story, I wanted to do something a little different. Um, and as I mentioned before, I'm also in currently in Colorado, about an hour and a half away from the Stanley Hotel. Okay, so The Shining. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave The Shining an 86%, with 93% of the audience liking it. IMDb gave it an 8.4 out of 10. So The Shining was released on um, May 23rd, 1980, with a running time of 145 minutes. It was directed by Stanley Kubrick, who also... Um, obviously directed A Clockwork Orange, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and The Killing. So as I said in the beginning of this podcast, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm not going to go into a detailed description of the movie. I'm going to uh, focus more on the background of the Stanley Hotel. We're going to talk about Stephen King. Um, and we're also going to go into con some conspiracy theories about the movie and the director and its actors. Uh, we're also, um, by the at the end of this podcast, I'm also going to give a little review of the spirit tour that I went in last night. Um, and I'm going to talk more about the Stanley. So be sure to stay tuned until the very end. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. So, the Stanley Hotel was first opened in 1909 by F.O. and Flory Stanley as a secluded Grand Mountain Resort. So, for many years, the Stanley has been reported to have numerous paranormal activities, including clothes being unpacked on their own, lights turning on and off, items moving, and children laughing. But nothing compares to the iconic Room 217. Horror author and one of my favorite people ever, uh, Stephen King checked into the hotel in 1973 for a one-night stay with his wife, Tabitha. The hotel was empty so of guests, so King was able to wander the, the halls and rooms unbothered by the living. King was inspired to write The Shining based on the seclusion of the hotel and the paranoia, paranoia fear, and mind tricks. So a lot of people I've talked to um, off... off um, like people that I've, my friends, I've actually talked to them. Um, and they thought The Shining was actually filmed at the Stanley. And I definitely like had to explain to them like, no, it was actually Stephen King's inspiration for The Shining because he stayed at the Stanley Hotel. Um, so I know that's definitely a lot of um, 
a little bit of confusion and misinterpretation around that. Um, so I remember watching The Shining all the way through, um, but I was much older when I got through the entire movie. Um, so I obviously have known the iconic scenes for a long time. Like here's Johnny when he's, you know, faxing away at the door. Um, but I didn't truly, uh, grasp what it was about until I was in my early twenties. I do love the movie and, um, I did order the book on Amazon. So I'm excited for when that to get here. Um, I also kind of wanted to order it before I came to Colorado and read The Shining on the plane, but I thought that was a little bit too ironic considering I was on a plane ride to Colorado. <laughs> um, I didn't want to freak out the person next to me. Or would it have been a good conversation starter? I'm not really sure. Um, so, yeah. So tonight I just want to uh, talk about some of the more popular conspiracy theories around The Shining. Um, and obviously my own opinions on the iconic movie. So the first conspiracy theory is the moon landing. Uh, apparently the government uh, paid the director, Kubrick, to, to film the moon landing, uh, basically fake it, and him feeling sorry uh, put the clues into The Shining. Um, the cans of Tang in the hotel uh, kitchen's pantry, Danny wearing the Apollo 11 sweatshirt, um, and room 237 is supposedly a reference to the distance between the Earth and the moon, which is... 237,000 miles away. So, the next one. The hotel represents hell. Um, when Jack signed the contract to watch over the hotel, is essentially him shining, uh, signing over his soul to the devil and the hotel being hell. So, the third conspiracy theory is the Native American genocide. So, along with the Native American imagery and the artwork seen throughout the hotel, a line was actually added into The Shining, uh, by the director, that the hotel was built on an Indian burial ground. Uh, number four, the Holocaust references. The number 42 was used throughout the film, which references, references the year the Nazis put the final solution into play. Um, and also the typewriter Jack uses was to represent how the Germans used to make lists on who to kill. Uh, the fifth conspiracy theory is Jack is the devil. The last scene of the movie is Jack posing at a 1921, uh, ball. It's the July 4th ball and his hands are in the same position as the devil, devil in the, in, uh, tarot cards. Um, so there's also a Frozen theory, but I've actually never seen the movie Frozen. No offense to all the Disney fans, but it's really not my thing. Um, so these were just a couple. These are only like five or six theories. Um, or conspiracy theories about the movie. Do I think they're legitimate? I don't know. Uh, I get why people would come up with these series, but I think they're more fun than legitimate. Um, I think it is interesting that people watch this movie and, and try and figure out um, how things correlate together and things like that, but I'm not really sure if I believe in these. I don't really know how I feel about conspiracy theories. I find them very interesting. Don't get me wrong. I think they're cool. I love watching conspiracy theories on YouTube, but I just don't know how I feel about these in particular. So, so probably the worst theory of them all is the theory of incest. While Jack is waiting to meet with the manager at the out, uh, the outlook, he is, um, I'm sorry, at the hotel, um, not the outlook, the overlook. He's reading a Playgirl magazine. The cover is people getting ready for New Year's, and inside is an article about incest. And in the beginning of the movie, Danny, the young boy, has been physically abused, so we assume that he was also sexually abused. Uh, there are also other sexually subliminal messages throughout the movie that suggest demons who are sexually attracted to humans and are feeding off them. Um, 
So if you guys listen to my other podcast, I'm not a fan of children being in horror movies. Um, it's just not my thing. But I do, obviously, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, you know, it all it all played its part. They all played their parts. So uh, moving on from the theories, um, I want to get into some things I didn't know about The Shining. Um, so the writer of The Shining, obviously, Stephen King, was disappointed by Kubrick's um, adaptation of his book. In 1983, King told Playboy that he admired him for a long time and had great expectations for the project, but was deeply disappointed in the end result. Parts of the film were chilling, charged with a relentlessly claustrophobic fear, but others fell flat. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Stephen King actually didn't like the movie The Shining, which is why I obviously assumed that it was redone. Um... Room 217 was changed to 237, room 237 because uh, where the hotel shots were taken, the lodge didn't want guests avoiding the room. Um, there is no room 237 in that lodge, but according to the uh, hotel, lots of people request the room. Um, so when I say that where it was shot, I believe it was shot in a hotel in Oregon. Um, so it's interesting. So another thing I want to talk about is Shelley Duvall, who obviously played the mom in um, and the wife to Jack in The Shining. Um, this is very dark. This is very disturbing, um, the reality of this actress. So she was quoted to say that from May until October, I was really in and out of, um, of ill health because the stress of the role was so great. Staley pushed me and prodded me further than I've ever been pushed before. It's the most difficult role I've ever had to play. Uh, the scene in which Wendy is swinging a bat at Jack is an example of this pushing. The scene actually made it into the Guinness Book of World Records because it took 127 takes. The most for a scene um, with spoken dialogue. The intensity of the scene was so real and was done so many times until uh, Kubrick got what he wanted. Uh, I believe there's a fine line between method acting and torture. I don't think any uh, actor or actress should be subjected to it. Um, it also said that the director deliberately bullied the actress to enhance the character's insecurities. He would put intense pressure on her, saying she was wasting everyone's time on set, and basically said that all of her ideas and suggestions were worthless. Um, even King was disappointed with her character, calling her a screaming dish rag. Uh, King pictured her as a tough, uh, badass blonde who was on par with her husband, which is definitely not what we got, because when you watch the movie, she obviously is very submissive to her husband's very battered wife. Um, definitely didn't get the vibe that, uh, that King wanted. Um, so after failed attempts to get back into acting, Duvall disappeared from the spotlight until she reemerged on the Dr. Phil show in 2006. So guys, I was able to find the um, interview on YouTube and damn. Um, there was actually a lot of backlash on Dr. Phil for even airing it because she obviously needs help. He was exploiting her mental illness. Um, the interview literally just made no sense. She was talking about mind control, the Bermuda Triangle. Um, like I said, if you guys want to watch it, it's right on YouTube. Um, and now um, no one knows really what she's doing. Um, I mean, I loved the movie, but I... I I kind of have to agree with Stephen King on this. I didn't really like her performance in the movie, but that's just my opinion. Um, of course, I love Jack Nicholson in the movie. Um, he was amazing. I was obviously so into his character. 
Um, but I definitely, I mean, I love the movie as whole because it's so iconic and it's such a classic, but at the same time, it's like, um, it's, you know, after reading about all this stuff about Shelley Duvall, I was just like, damn, like apparently she had to, um, keep water bottles on set because she would literally run out of tears because she was crying the whole time. Um, so there's another quote that I found from her. Um, she had an interview with Robert Ebert, um, conducted a, a few months after the film was released. Um, and she spoke quite openly about the filming conditions. She said, Jack Nicholson's character had to be crazy and angry all the time. And in my character, I had to cry $12 a day all day long and the last nine months straight, five or six um, days a week. I was there for a year and a month and there were um, there must be something to primal scream therapy because after the day was over and I cried for... I cried my 12 hours. I went home very contented. It had a very calming effect during the day. I would have abs I would be absolutely miserable. Um, after all that work, hardly anyone even criticized my performance in it. Even to mention it seemed like through seemed like uh, the reviews were all about Kubrick, like I wasn't there. Um, so obviously, her and the director had a very bad relationship. Um, due to just him like putting her down and putting her down and and I understand what he was doing I, I I get that he was trying to get the best performance out of it but I mean look at where she is now it's just crazy and I honestly didn't know what all of these things um before I started doing more research on the movie um so it's definitely it's definitely creepy um and very 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 unsettling so all right so if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know I recently visited the Stanley Hotel literally last night and I took their spirit ghost tour. So it was about 75 minute tour that took us around, inside, and under the Stanley. Yes, we literally got to walk in an underground tunnel under the huge hotel. Um, so I'm just going to give you a brief summary of the tour because if you're listening to this podcast and you obviously love horror and need to go take the tour for yourself, so I don't want to spoil it. Um, so the actual hotel itself, uh, was filled with people and parties and noise and a whole bunch of things. Like people were going in and out. Um, there was also some kind of like masquerade ball going on. So people would literally walk down the staircase and they had like masks on. Um, it definitely gave me the last scene vibes of The Shining where Jack is pictured at the, uh, July 4th balls. Um, for sure. Definitely. Um, Gave me that kind of vibe, which I thought was cool. Uh, so yeah, the hotel was really crowded. It felt like it was prime check-in time or something, but it was nine o'clock at night. Um, I even asked the tour guide if it was usually as crowded, and he said yes. And it's even more crowded in the summertime. Um, it really felt like it was a never-ending party, which is cool because obviously those are some of the ghost stories that we were told. How people like to party, uh, all, all the ghosts like to party all over the hotel. Um, so overall, the tour was very cool. But for me, being me, I wish there was more to it. Um, I personally wanted to be locked in room 217 by myself in the dark overnight. But hey, that's just me, you know, so people are different. <laughs> um, so being that it is November in Colorado, uh, it was freaking freezing outside. But we got to see the inside of the, uh, the ice house, uh, the main entrance with the staircase, the music hall, and of course the underground tunnel. Uh, we were told about the various ghosts that live um live there along with the ghost animals. Our tour guide also showed us their pet cemetery. Uh, LOL, Stephen King, pun, uh, but I'm into it. Um, so the 
the entire tour itself was very cool. We went with a big group of people. And I didn't really feel too much of a presence. It definitely had the eerie feeling because, of course, the Stanley is one of the most haunted hotels in, in you know, ever. Um, and I really didn't feel too much going on until we got into the underground tunnel. Um, the underground tunnel is actually um, made uh, out of the rock of the mountain. So when you walk in there, it's literally just like the um, the rock from the mountains. Um, I got kind of like a heavy feeling, like there was a lot of pressure on my shoulders. Um, it was definitely harder to breathe for sure. But I mean, I also had to take into account that we were like s- some like 7,000 um, you know, levels above, above sea level. And of course we were underground now and there was a huge hotel over us. Um, but I definitely didn't like the underground portion of it. It was also very small down there and there was a lot of people. So it was, it was warm and it was, uh, it was very claustrophobic. So that could also be the issue, um, that I was having was because, you know, obviously I'm, I have a huge jacket over me, um, and a hat on, so that definitely could have played a part, but I wasn't a fan of the underground part. People were down there, and they were taking pictures and everything, but for the most part, I wasn't the biggest fan of um, being in the underground, but like I said, the, ho- the the tour overall was cool. Like, we got a lot of ghost stories, and we got to go to different parts, And um, but like I said, I personally would want to wander around by myself at like, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning. I feel like that would be my thing to do, but of course you're not allowed to do that. So, um, so along with the, a lot of the, uh, the tour and I rewatched the movie, I also read an article, uh, written by Jay Widener. It was called the secrets of the shining, which went into massive detail about all the conspiracy theories, Um, he published the article back in 2009. You can literally just Google like Secrets of the Shining, uh, by Jay Widener. It was published on July 20th, 2009 from his website. Um, so if you love conspiracy theories, please go Google the article, grab a snack, read it. I actually read it on the plane to Colorado. Um, I don't want to give away all the theories. Um, but like I said, I touched on the bigger ones earlier and I'm just kind of overlooking the overlook. (laughs) Ha ha. I'm actually um, skimming through the article right now, um, and he says um, things like how Jack and Danny, um, who obviously are the two main characters in um, in the film, um, he says that Jack and Danny are two aspects of the director himself. Um, Jack is the practical guy who wants to be a great artist and he is apparently willing to do anything to accomplish his goal of being an artist, aka a writer. Um, and Jack had, um, black hair, um, as Stanley did. Um, and he even smokes the same cigarettes as Stanley, who is, when I say Stanley, I mean the director. Um, Danny is the other side of the great director. He is the childlike Kubrick. It is Danny who is actually the real artist. Um, The Danny side of Kubrick's side is uh, psychic, youthful, and sees things that no one else sees. Danny also has a tendency to tell people things that should be kept quiet. Um, So he also goes on to say, let me just skim through this. Um, There's a lot of conspiracy theories about how uh, when Jack signed 
the contract to over uh, to take care of the overlook for the winter. He is actually signing his soul away to be the devil. Um, there's also a really um, in front of the Stanley Hotel that I there's actually a maze in front of it, which is kind of creepy. But at the same time, I'm living for it because obviously it's it's a nod to The Shining. Um, there's also a symbolism between the gold, cold war, Russia, United States. Um, if you guys want to read that, like I said, just Google the article. Um, when I printed it out, I mean, there are pictures in there. When I printed it out, it was about 15 pages, um, one-sided. Um, so let's see, there's more moon landing conspiracies. Um, there's other things, how Jack Nicholson starting to look like the director, um, he's growing, like, throughout the movie, he's growing an unkept beard and he's not combing his hair. Two things that Stanley Kubrick was known for doing or not doing himself. Um, so, let's see what else we got in here. Oh, also another thing that I thought was really weird. Um, so, this, the scene where he's writing at the, at his, his typewriter and he's saying, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Um, this scene is totally uh, original to the movie. It is not in um, Stephen King's novel. Um, it's probably one of the scariest scenes in the whole movie because this is when you know that he's pre pretty much losing his, his pretty much losing his mind. Um, so I thought that it's interesting. And if, like I said, if you look at this article, you can it zooms in into the paper and it sees that every single line is completely different. Um, sometimes things are spelled wrong and sometimes it's moved. One, like the line starts completely different than the one that's uh, previous and after it. Um, some things are capitalized. Um, it's, it's so weird to think like, did somebody actually sit at the typewriter and do this? Because remember, this was made in 1980. So... Um, did the director actually sit at a typewriter all day and like type this out? Like that's so creepy. Um, it's, it's truly scary to think that Jack had been sitting there day after day writing the same sentence over and over again. Um, so this is when Wendy pretty much knows that her husband is going freaking nuts. Um, so it delves into more things about, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey and how like NASA hired him to hired the director to, um, fake the moon landing. Um, so yeah, like I said, guys, this is a super interesting article. I really enjoyed, uh, reading through it and skipping through it. Um, I did, like I said, I did read the entire article twice. Um, and I just skimmed through it now. So if that's something that you're interested in, I would definitely go look that up. Hi guys. So as I mentioned earlier, I told you that I was in Colorado with my two best friends, Molly and Savannah. I wanted them to be on the podcast, but they said no because they didn't know what they wanted to say. So now I'm just going to make them say hi. So say hi. Hello. Hi. Say hi to my podcast family. Hello, podcast family. <laughs> so they actually just watched a movie called Love Actually, which will never be reviewed on this podcast <laughs> because it is a love movie. Um, but a lot of you guys may not know this. I do like the occasional rom-com here and there. So, um, I do have to thank my best friends again for coming with me to Colorado, um, and for coming with me to the Stanley Hotel and doing something that they probably wouldn't do if it wasn't for me. <laughs> Savannah's shaking her head. No, she would never do it. Um, but they did have fun. We did have a lot of fun. Um, so thanks guys. <laughs> we love you.
All right, guys, that is going to be it for this evening's episode of Horror Nights In with me, Crystal. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. This is obviously a little bit different than what I usually do. Um, so, but I, I really wanted to um, incorporate my trip uh, with this podcast, obviously, and just kind of um, give an overview of how I felt about the Stanley and everything and Colorado and the movie. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this. I know it was a little different from my usual uploads, uh, but thank you so much for listening and please make sure you DM, tweet me, email me, all the above your favorite scary movies so I can give you my honest and horrific opinion on it. All right, guys, I will talk to you next weekend. Bye.